This entire city was raided and burned to the ground, but the Basque Country women built it back up brick by brick. You're listening to Travel FOMO, a podcast for people self-diagnosed with wanderlust. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Travel FOMO. We are so glad that you found us. My name is Hillary Halton, and I am here with the ultimate travel buddy, which is a phrase I feel like I've used before. My ultimate travel buddy, my husband, Jamin. Makes me sound like like a travel accessory, like a fanny pack or something like that. <laughs> You're like my Cotopaxi backpack that I could never live without. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite piece of merchandise (laughs) it's like i just picked you out of like all the options and you were the one (laughs) we are kicking off a fresh new season sharing our adventures in mediterranean europe and this is the first episode of that season and i am so excited i know i feel like i say this too much but i loved this section of Europe specifically. The further south we got, the warmer it got. I'm definitely a warm weather person. I'm a sunshine person. And it was all just coming out to get me. It was amazing. Yes. Along with all the sweating and the sunburns that that come along with the warm weather that you just love so much. I just love it so much. I know it's not always Jamin's jam, but that's okay. (laughs) We just opposites attract, you know? It was uh, it was a lot of fun. I know you were super excited about this. Like, I was really excited to be in Scotland and yeah. wear a coat, and you were really excited to be in Mediterranean Europe yeah. and be on the beach. But you still loved it, too. Yes, it's incredible. It got a little hot, but this at this point, it was still pretty nice. Yeah, in San Sebastian, the weather was almost perfect. Yes, yeah. yeah. Okay, so before we really jump into the conversation today, we do have a little housekeeping for all of you guys listening. If you are looking at our podcast from a different podcast app or something like that, you may notice that uh, the episode on Zermatt is just kind of, it's just decided to pop up on its own in a random order. And uh, so if you kind of look at the show notes, you'll see the episode numbers and that will help you out. But uh, we just noticed that recently and had to do a little (laughs) fixing on our end. And so, so sorry for that. And also, if you didn't get to listen to the Zermatt episode, go back and check it out. So fun. So beautiful. Um, There's a video out there and all that kind of stuff. But if you didn't get to check it out, check it out. It just might not be in the order that we intended. Yeah, just uh, just a little flip-flop, but it's there. It's there. So San Sebastian is in Spain, and it is right on the northern border of Spain, where the country of France meets up with Spain. It actually is not on the Mediterranean Sea, even, which is kind of ironic that we lumped it into this uh, European um, season, but it fits really well with all the other places we went to in Spain. So it really made sense to include it in this season. So San Sebastian, Spain, I'm really excited to talk about this. I'm so excited about the video that we have been editing and pulling together. But San Sebastian is in Spain, for those of you who don't know, because we did not know much about it at all 
whenever we set out to discover this place and and booked our time there, we were kind of just learning all about it. And it's really unique because it's right on the border of Spain and France. It's on the northern border. Um, it's up. Well, for us, it was like a four hour bus ride from Bordeaux. Right. Um, so it's not always easy to get to depending on where you're coming from um, and that was the best option we could come up with but um, in Basque which is a very unique and very specific language that they use in this part of the world it's called Basque country and they use the language Basque and in Basque the name of the city is Donostia so it's kind of interesting every time we look it up sometimes we see like San Sebastian hyphen the Nostia. I'm like, huh, okay. I was <laughs> like, for a while there, I thought it was like two different cities that were right next to each other. But really, it's just um, two different ways of saying the same city. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I was confused by that as well, like seeing it added on the end um, a lot of times and didn't really know until we were there that like, oh, that's what it is in Basque. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Um. So the personality of the city is like really fun. It's like... I just kept thinking like it's summer in the city. I mean, and it is a classy place too. Um, it's got a lot of French vibes, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of fun. And you can see there's a lot of like along the river and along the ocean, they've got these ornate white fences kind of that are up um, that are all along the boardwalk and different things. And it's very like, it just looks like someone put so much money into this place it's very pretty how like did it remind you of anywhere else in europe maybe mostly just france that i can think of right now yeah yeah it's so ornate that it definitely has that french look to it Mm -hmm. but it has the feel of like spain and italy yes which I thought was really interesting. It's like, a really it's fun mix, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Well, and then like it's really unique and its history is really unique and it's they're really proud of their heritage there. And we'll get into some of that history in a few minutes. And it's also a really friendly place. I mm-hmm. felt like people were really friendly. It's kind of off the beaten path. So from our perspective, and it might be different for other people, but for us, we did not feel much like we were in a touristy town. It felt just authentic and like you were just some person walking around in a Spanish town. Yeah. I definitely felt that as well. You did not feel like tourists. It was easy to interact in English um, Mm -hmm. and like the very limited Spanish that, that we have. So it wasn't difficult in that sense, but you did not feel like a tourist. You, you weren't like lined up with everybody and all their cameras to like take pictures of the next thing. Yeah. So it was a lot of fun in that way. Yeah, for sure. And it was super beachy. There were two beaches there that really got our attention too. Yeah. Yeah. Like it is just such a, such an interesting mix. And we got to see a lot of it when we came in because we came by bus Mm -hmm. from Bordeaux. And now we had been taking trains as often as we could throughout our, our trip and, continued to after this but because of the geography it is just hard to get from Bordeaux to San Sebastian by train yeah uh, without going way south into Spain and then coming back north and so we elected to take a bus Uh, it was a four-hour bus ride which we were like kind of cringy about (laughs) yeah like we weren't really sure (laughs) what what that was going to be like but it was really nice like yeah 
It was a nice bus. Everybody on it was just chill. Like I think most people just slept the mm-hmm. whole, the whole yeah. day pretty much. And so there wasn't a lot of noise or anything like that. And the bus was nice and air conditioned. And uh, the bus ride in was really cool because you kind of come into this greener part of the country. Like you cross over into Spain. Mm-hmm. Everything gets really green and really kind of mountainous or hilly yeah and you're you're coming along sort of winding through these mountains and then you wind up on the ocean in San Sebastian yeah which I had no idea there would be like the terrain would be so diverse I didn't so I was like oh this is beautiful yeah yeah so the last like hour of the bus ride um everything was just beautiful and around every corner was something new and kind of cool and then you're driving into the city center where the bus station is. Mm-hmm. And so you're getting to see a lot of the city from the streets, uh, which was, was cool and, and really kind of fun. And then we got there, we still had a little bit of time before we had to check into our Airbnb. And so we decided we'll just go to the beach and have a beer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's perfect <laughs> which if you're gonna have to wait like that's the that's definitely the place to do it and there's two beaches we went to the surfer beach and so um it's sort of open to the atlantic and big waves come in there's a lot of people out surfing and as you look out you see like there's like people learning to surf so there's surf instructors with like their little team of people that they're teaching and there's legit surfers that are out there just having a good time. That was People, some of the most fun too, was just watching the surfers. Yeah. And they were like, they were really good. Some like legit waves and a, a huge beach with a, a lot of beach area for people to sit out and work on their tan. Yeah. And, very deep um, beach. Yeah. Yeah. And they were definitely working on their full tan full tan because we were I, I think i i had not mentally prepared for the sunbathing in spain yeah and how there's not clothes involved no not and um the range of people that decide that they don't <laughs> want to wear their full clothes it's yeah so funny there's a lot of confidence mm-hmm. uh some misplaced confidence <sighs> And, I think that comes uh, with age, so we saw. Yes. Yeah. A lot of people that have, once you get that early bird discount at Denny's, then you're good to <laughs> just go without clothes. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. It was, it was interesting because I was like, oh my gosh, we need to film. This is so cool. We can film the surfers, all this kind of stuff. And then real quickly, we realized that... We were going to also be filming a lot of things that are inappropriate for our YouTube channel. <laughs> right. So, and we have not yet figured out the art of blurring things. So we'll we'll get on that. But <laughs> right, I I remember thinking that too. Like, let's get some footage. And I remember actually trying a couple times, and realizing that there wasn't an angle that I could take where there wasn't like naked yeah. people. <laughs> well, and you also feel creepy. Yeah, yeah. You just want to be like, listen, I'm. Filming the surfers and the ocean. Yeah, you can leave if you want. Like I'm not, I'm not interested in filming you at all. I know. But it it felt a little a little odd and, and a little weird. <laughs> but uh, there's this huge area, and even off the beach, there's this massive sort of it's more way more than a sidewalk, but just 
sort of square. There's this huge building, the Kursal Cultural Center. It's this really interesting geometric shape, and it's made to mimic the blocks that are along the river because right there uh, where this beach is, is where the river that runs through the city meets the ocean. Mm -hmm. And they have all these concrete blocks uh, in there. And so this building was designed to mimic that. It's where they have a lot of uh, festivals and things like that. They have a big movie festival in San Sebastian every year. And that's where that is held. Uh, So it just had really cool vibes hanging out just there waiting for our Airbnb to open and really like such an amazing way to start time um, in a city. Yeah. I was like so enthralled by the river meeting the ocean, which is going to sound so lame to some people, but I feel like I've seen a lot of cities where there's a river and it meets the ocean. Like that's not a big deal. Right. But something about this was it just felt interesting, just the give and take when the tide came in and mm. like you would be looking at a river and you're like, surely this river is dumping into the ocean, but it felt more like the ocean was dumping up to into this river. It was really interesting. It was just, it was fun to watch. The water was like crazy blue, which is also different when you're looking in a river yeah. for the water to be so, not so blue, maybe as clear, just incredibly clear and clean. It was really pretty. It was, and I I thought it was interesting as well. And I think because there's that bridge that crosses it, and it crosses right at a point where the river does turn based on the tide. So high tide, the ocean is sort of coming into the river, and then low tide, the river is flowing out to the ocean, and the pedestrian bridge is right where that sort of happens. Mm. So when you're crossing over from where we stayed into Old Town, you see it at different at different yeah. places during the day. So in the morning, you're like, oh, it's going this way. And then the evening when you come back, you're like, now it's reversed. Mm-hmm. And that was really interesting. I had not ever experienced anything like that either. Yeah. Yeah. And again, all of the really ornate um, sidewalks and I mean the sidewalks alone were like made out of nice white tile like the little octagon tiles that we see in bathrooms and people spend a fortune on that (laughs) was the sidewalk yes yeah that was that was incredible too very cool it I I feel like Italian streets have a feel to them whether or not it's actually playing you just sort of hear Dean Martin music in your head (laughs) when you're walking around and I felt that way in San Sebastian and the people are like so lively in Spain and you Mm -hmm. could sense that like right away like our first night it was like oh my gosh like people they come out late and they enjoy themselves like all night long (laughs) it's so fun one of the things I also thought was like so unique and we talk about this several times in the video even is that the beach was so the beaches multiple beaches were so accessible to the average person so it wasn't like there were hotels or restaurants that owned different parts of the beach right it was completely open to everyone and pedestrians had the best view of anyone where the people on the beach and the people walking beside the beach, it was all yours to consume. And I just thought that was like, really, we just loved that. And it continued to prove to be kind of rare Yeah. as we continue to travel on. Like it, it continues to make San Sebastian stand out a little bit more. 
Yeah, I, I agree with that for sure. Definitely in Italy, like I feel like sections of the beach are owned and there's like all these chairs and stuff. And if you're going to be there, you're, you've got to pay to rent a chair yeah. or something. Well, in like con France, yeah, it was like, you could walk along the boardwalk and walk along the beach, but the restaurants were going to be between you and the ocean. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. So we had an excellent Airbnb there and I have to like, just point this out because they were so good. Um, this husband and wife have this apartment and it is right near, it's close to Old Town, but it's really close to the surfing beach. We call yeah. it the surfing beach because the name is way too hard to say out loud. <laughs> <For sure. laughs> but it was such an excellent location. You had the beach, um, Old Town, tons of restaurants downstairs, um, just super walkable, close to the castle. Mm-hmm. And then shopping. There's tons of shopping nearby, just on the other side of the river. Yeah. But everything was just like a five minute walk or a ten minute walk away. It was it was a really good location. We walked in the door and the woman had just finished mopping the floors and I could have eaten off of the floors. Like it was so incredibly clean. Like and it smelled yeah. clean. And after COVID, that was such a special thing it was like so you just felt so safe (laughs) to be in a clean environment and when you're traveling so much you don't get a lot of like clean moments (laughs) yeah it was definitely one of the the nicest as far as everything in there was high quality Mm -hmm. super clean like you said it was it was a great place it was one of the places that right when you walked in you're like i already wish that we were staying longer than what we're booked for yeah. And like, we honestly thought it was going to be one of our worst Airbnbs. It was one of the cheapest places that mm-hmm. we booked. They like gave us an extensive list, like personal list. They wanted so badly for us to love San Sebastian and they did everything in their power to make sure that that would happen. Yeah. It was really cool and so affordable. Well, just like the, I think everything in San Sebastian was so affordable. I know we went to the grocery store um, right after we checked in and mm-hmm. we got amazing food for really cheap. Like yeah. we had read that um, canned fish mm-hmm. was sort of a specialty in Spain, but also there in San Sebastian as well. And so we're like, well, if it's the thing that everybody does and it, you're supposed to try it, let's try it. And I was a little skeptical because I was like, ah, sardines and anchovies, like, I don't know if I'm really going to like that a lot. Yeah. But they were incredible there, like really good, uh, turned us on to having those a lot, like for the rest of our trip. Yeah. We tried to keep doing that because it was so good there. And we were able to get uh, different meats and cheeses to make a charcuterie board. I think we paid a euro for some incredible prosciutto that was really, really good. Um, Sliced ham and and pork is, is really big in Spain. And you're able to find it everywhere. One of the nice things that we took advantage of throughout that trip at grocery stores was going to the um, almost expired sort of section of things. Because when you're only staying for a couple of days, it doesn't matter if it's about to expire. I'm literally going to take it home and eat it right now. I never thought about that. <laughs> I noticed so, you were doing that and I didn't think much about that. Yeah, like I was always figure like well it's a easy way to save money and not something that we're gonna have to worry about we're not keeping it for a week yeah like we're we're just gonna take it home and eat it and there we got so much good food 
but then had great food everywhere in San Sebastian. Yeah. We would like take all of that food back to the Airbnb and we were so excited to have like a freezer, like a full <laughs> legit freezer in the Airbnb. You guys, our Airbnb was so good. I'm actually going to put the link in the show notes because we've had other people at different Airbnbs. We've had them ask on YouTube, you know, can you give me the information? How do I find this Airbnb? And so we're going to put that in the show notes for you guys. But going back to what you said about the food, oh my goodness, it was so good and it was so affordable, which shocked me. Even though I knew Spain was going to be more affordable, I was like, this is incredible. And they have this thing, these appetizers, and they are not tapas in San Sebastian because San Sebastian is Basque country. So it's little they like to think of themselves a little differently it is different than all of the rest of spain right and so locally they it's a lot like tapas but they call them pinchos and they really stress that these are not tapas these are pinchos (laughs) and um so and it's actually spelled really different if you were to go look them up it's P-I-N-T-X-O-S. So they have a lot of the letter X in their language, I noticed. And it's kind of crazy because you look things up on Google Maps and you're like, oh my gosh, I don't know how to pronounce any of this. (laughs) Pinchos are so popular. And so people hop from bar to bar to have these little appetizers and have a drink while they're there. And people move so quickly. Like it is a thing. Everybody does it every night. Um, and one of the things that they do is, um, they count your toothpicks. So if you, a lot of these pinchos come with a toothpick, most of them do. And so you want to keep your toothpick because that's how they decide, you know, that's how they charge you is based on, you know, the number that you got. There's a, there's a couple different ways that they do it, but that is the most authentic way Mm -hmm. um, that we learned from our tour guide. Um, So we tried to like, you know, do that method and everything and go to those kinds of really authentic places. But um, it's so interesting because people move really quickly from bar to bar. And our tour guide at one point told us that a study, they did a study in San Sebastian and they learned that the average person spends seven minutes at a bar. They just go and they always have something to eat and they always have something to drink and they just down on fast. Um, But wasn't this also the place where like they do little beer glasses of Spanish beer? It's like smaller glasses. Yes. It's, it's almost like a cider. And I do think it is seasonal. Oh, Um, okay. And it was sort of out of season when we were there, so we didn't get to have it. But um, that is something that they do there. I think they do that more at like sit-down restaurants. And they have this really cool way that they pour it where they kind of hold the glass way down and the bottle way up and pour at this long distance. It's kind of a show thing um, that they do there. But, yeah, it uh, seven minutes at a bar. So yeah. if you love bar hopping, like it's you're going to love go. San yeah. Sebastian for sure. I just, I feel like I would be like really full by the time dinner came. Yes. Yeah. And that's what they say. Like they're not replacements for dinner. So like it, you have these and then you go to dinner and then you go back out and, yeah. and have more. And they were really good. And like, if you love sampling things, it's a really cool way to do it. Yeah. Um, Because you get to try 
so many different stuff but yes good point yeah and a lot of that you we were talking about canned fish earlier and a lot of the things that they use on those pinchos and tapas in spain are canned fish because they're so good at canning the fish yeah but the the pinchos aren't the only thing that is really good there food wise like we had excellent meals every time we ate i know the first night we went to dinner i had a steak and you had lamb i specifically remember asking the waiter twice if the price on the menu for the wine was for a bottle or for a glass. Oh, yeah. Because I was sure that it was the price for a glass. Yeah, like an $18 glass of wine. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But it was the price per bottle. And we had some great wine. It was so good. And the steak I had was really, really good. I was blown away at the quality of the service and the food and how nice it was for such an affordable price. Well, and do you remember how the waiter, we were questioning the wine so much? We were questioning the wine so much that the waiter actually came over and he was giving us our recommendations, but then he let us sample them and he just opened up new bottles of wine so we could sample wine. Yeah. Knowing that we weren't going to buy both bottles. Right. It was really nice. I've never had anybody open a bottle of wine for me. I know. In America, when you order a bottle of wine, they do this whole song and dance where they like open it and let you try it. And Mm -hmm. then you obviously like say yes. I don't think I've ever seen anybody be like, no, I don't like that. Take it back. But he brought out two bottles of wine, opened them both, like poured samples of both and had a... Just pick which one we wanted. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and we found that place because our Airbnb host had recommended it. Mm-hmm. And it was um, Gandarius Restaurant. And we had also heard that their pinchos were really good. So another night we went back there to get pinchos. And we also had like um, some pinchos at a place called uh, Chuleta, I think is how you would say that. Mm-hmm. And anyway, just throwing those names out there because our Airbnb host really, they really knew some of the best places. And all of this is in Old Town. So you kind of get to see Old Town and Old Town is alive at night. It is cool. Yeah. That there's a couple of streets there that are just packed with people. Everyone, the bars are just full. Yeah. Spilling out into the streets, everyone hanging out. It's definitely an atmosphere that like, No matter how tired you are, when you walk up, you're just juiced. Like, it's just energy everywhere. They were so packed. The restaurants, I just can't keep that out of my mind, is how we would just stand there packed in next to people. And you almost had to, like, be a little more assertive just to get up to the front and order something. Yeah. (laughs) It was was really crazy. But we also had really good food right near where we were, where we stayed. Um, a place, and I don't know if this is the actual, what, what it was called in Spanish, but, um, when I was trying to look it back up, it was called the Alabama, Alabama Bistro Street Food. And I had some nachos, of course, because (laughs) I've had nachos in like where Amsterdam twice and all different kinds of places, but I thought Spanish nachos would be really interesting and they were, and they were excellent. We had um, some fish there, mm-hmm. too. Um, yeah. Some of the really raw-looking sardines and anchovies and salmon, salmon I think. yeah. Yeah. 
which was amazing. And then also right next to our apartment, we had um, dinner at an Italian food place, La Tagliatella, La Tagliatella, I think. <laughs> um, but it was, it was really amazing too. That was the thing is that all of the food was good, not just the Spanish food. Anything we had was incredible and crazy cheap. Yeah, yeah. I was just blown away by the experience food-wise all the way around there. If you're listening to this, you like a good adventure. And if you like a good adventure, you might enjoy following the fights. It all started with Mars and Ashley's bold decision to travel full-time in their converted Sprinter van. Fast forward six years, they've seen all 50 states and backpack countries like Thailand and Guatemala. It's been one daring decision after another. And now they're braving another big adventure, building a creative retreat in the Colorado Rockies. Find out what life could be like when you take risks. Follow the fights on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. Our first morning there, we went for a run. We, were we back. ran it off. Yeah, we were back in, in our running gear, and we ran through Old Town, which was really cool. Um, just such a historic place. And we tried to run up to the castle. So Castillo de la Mota mm-hmm. is the castle that's on the top of this hill that kind of overlooks both of the beaches and is sort of defends the cove of the city and where a lot of the fishing boats come into and everything. And we were going to run up to the top of the castle and watch the sunrise up there. It was going to be amazing. Oh, yeah. We had big plans. And it was locked. It was closed. It was locked. I could not <laughs> believe that, but then I could because we just experienced that in Bordeaux. Yeah. Where a garden was locked until like 8 a.m. And Yeah, it was so interesting all through the U.K. and Scotland and even in like northern Europe. We ran every morning. We would run early and the parks were always open. We always had access, but then when we hit Southern Europe, they weren't open first thing in the morning and they didn't open until seven, eight o'clock sometimes. Yeah, uh, which sometimes was really late later. for us. Yeah, which was typically after we would already be done with a run. So yeah, we just ended up running along the beach, which was really cool. It was really cool. And that meant I didn't have to run up that huge hill to the castle. And I was very relieved about that. I was trying <laughs> not to like be too excited because you were really into it but I was like I don't want to run up that hill (laughs) yeah I I was kind of bummed that we didn't go to there but we did get to see a lot of people that were still out from the night before oh my gosh I forgot yes (laughs) so many people like tripping over themselves from having a really good night the night before yeah that was surreal it felt like nobody had ever gone to sleep like we woke yeah. back up and we were going for a run and the world was still alive from last night. Right. Like I feel that if you run in a big city, you're liable to see someone like kind of scurry into their car that didn't maybe make it home. But these people were still out. Mm-hmm. Like they were still out and yeah. groups of them like sitting on some stairs, having some beers, like mm-hmm. guys still trying to chat up some girls. And stuff. <laughs> yeah, it was and, crazy. You almost wanted to help him out and just be like, hey, everybody, let's just call it. We'll just let's call, call it, it a night. night. 
and everybody just go home. That's so <laughs> funny. Well, and do you remember one of the things that really stands out to me are those sculptures that were on the beach near um, the beach of La Concha, mm-hmm. um, which is the more calm beach that is like a lot more serene and um, not as many huge waves and stuff. Yeah. And um, but those sculptures were like so interesting. I don't I don't know how they did it, but basically it's all of these little fingers kind of of um it's not cast iron, but some kind of metal coming out of these rocks. And I honestly don't know how they did it. Yeah. Um, they told us the, the the name of the artist, I forget who it was, but that had done those. And it, it was really cool to run there. That was basically our furthest point on the run. And we turned back after that, but that was a really cool spot to get to that. We wouldn't have got to go see if we had, been able to run up the hill yeah yeah good point and wasn't that kind of close to the palace it was yeah. yeah which we didn't end up going to the palace but um we would if we'd stayed another day or so yeah it was one of the things that didn't didn't quite make the cut because we had such limited time but uh definitely worth worth doing i would think yeah but we did go on a walking tour though we did it was awesome and one of the first things she pointed out was that we were in basque country Yes. And kind of told us more about that. Yeah, she told us about the language. So Basque um, is still spoken in this region of Spain. And it dates back to like Roman times. When the Romans arrived there, people were already speaking Basque. During the uh, Civil War and when this region was kind of being traded back and forth between France and Spain, uh, a lot of the language was kind of lost, but it's sort of being revived at this point. About 30% of the people in this area still speak Basque. And there's actually, our tour guide told us that the second highest number of Basque speakers is in Boise, Idaho. That's so <laughs> random. Because the, the college there has a Basque uh, studies program. And so it's like this small region of Spain and Boise, Idaho, where you can go and utilize your Basque. That if is you're so, a Basque yeah. We were just kind of chuckling. We were like, I can't believe y'all even know where Boise, Idaho is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that was funny. She uh, also told us some incredible history yeah. about the city, mm, particularly, place. yeah, particularly the old town. Um, and one of the things that really stands out, which is, this is not unlike a lot of old towns in Europe really is that it was burned down at one point Mm -hmm. um a lot of it most of old town was burned down yeah and um that was back in 1813 when the French and I don't even remember it was like during the war of Spanish independence and um basically San Sebastian was taken by the French army and then the Spanish army paired up with some Anglo-Portuguese forces and they more or less came in and like attacked the city to basically get the French troops out. Right. And they did, which is great. But then they decided to, I don't even know how to say it, basically like tear down the city anyway, right? Yeah, yeah. They it's basically crazy. It's like they saved them. The city. Yeah. They saved them, and then on the same day, they like just tore the city apart. It's so 
crazy. The, at least that's my understanding of it. But um, it happened on August 31st of 1813. And that's a really important day to the country now. And they even have a city, um, a city street that they have renamed the like August 31st street, because it is the one street that was not torn down and burned down because that's where the soldiers actually were staying. Yeah. So everything else was burned down. I mean, they did everything. They like looted the houses. They raped the women. They murdered a ton of innocent people, burned everything to the ground. And one of the only things that survived was that street. And in fact, it was so deadly that like they only had eight or 9,000 people living there and half of those people died in the yeah. process, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. And then later on, our tour guide said that later on, the men that did survive were either became soldiers or sailors or drunks. It was like yeah. a pretty rough life. And um, the women were the ones who mostly rebuilt the city, which I think is really fascinating. And they honored the women with like a sculpture and like there was, um, it's definitely a, a big part of their history. And they gave a big shout out to the women of Basque Country. And, um, and the women would like build it up brick by brick. They kind of also decided, you know, are they going to, not just the women, but all of the um Uh, leaders that were still alive got together and decided, you know, what's the future of the city going to be? Are we going to rebuild it the same way it was? Or are we going to do something different? And they decided um, to rebuild it in the same place where it originally was. So they rebuilt it. And you can actually see there's a line of flowers on the main boulevard that is used to mark where the city walls used to be. Yeah. Which is kind of cool, and our tour guide pointed that out to us. And um, and I think a lot of people walking down that street wouldn't even really know that. Every way I hear it talked about, people are always talking about how tragic and traumatic it was. Like yeah. nobody uses tame language when they talk about August thirty first. It's always very violent. Um, is the way it sounds. Mm-hmm. It was crazy too. So much of the of the history there is is based on the women of Basque Country, mm-hmm. and I feel like so many other places in Europe and and everywhere, when you're talking about history, that's more than a little bit old. It's mostly men that get talked about. Yeah, good but, point. Um, here in San Sebastian. They honor the women who rebuilt the city. Um, they talk about several queens. A lot of the streets yeah. and bridges and things like that are named uh, after women, which I thought was really interesting and made it different and sort of stand out from a lot of the other stuff that you see in Europe. Great observation. My gosh, we haven't talked about that. You just threw that out there and I'm like, wow, that's a really good point. <laughs> They are very pro, um, pro acknowledging women, you know, and giving them credit. Yeah. That's really cool. And one of those women was Queen Isabella II because she spent a lot of time there. Yes. And Queen Isabella II um, was told by her doctors that she needed to swim in the ocean. She would go and stay there. There's a palace there that we mentioned earlier that you can go to her. But they, they also built a bathhouse for her on the beach. And it's now a, a club kind of resort thing but um, she would go swim in the ocean there and it actually made that beach uh, very fashionable so yeah she was queen from like 
in the 1830s around that era and uh, it became uh, very in vogue to go to San Sebastian and swim. Um, in fact, there's like posters from the 1920s that are advertising San Sebastian and it's the, the queen of European beaches. And so she had this, this big impact to sort of bring this uh, tourism and resort kind of feel to the city um, by this going and swimming in the ocean. Like yeah. that's kind of cool. The impact that, that a person can have, like if they're a really important person can like turn something that was like done, but make it like, Oh, this is the thing to do now. We like sat around on that beach for a while. I was reading the Da Vinci code. Got to wrap that baby up while I was sitting on the beach. <laughs> that was nice. And then, um, and the next day, you know, it was a beautiful first day, but the our second day, we actually thought it was going to rain on us, but it ended up being fine. And we got to take care of some business. Because yes. <laughs> we finally got to ship home our coats and extra shoes and stuff that we'd been carrying around oh since Lyon. Yeah. Like since Lyon, we had been carrying them around in a in boxes and a or something and we've had to take them on multiple trains and we'd packed it all away ready to go and then it was like oh my gosh like we just had to keep taking them with us because of the french ascension day holiday and so our travel times like it, it impacted so much which is totally cool that they do ascension day by the way so i want to make sure make it clear that like i'm not knocking that but it was like unbeknownst to us and it kind of impacted a lot of things but when we finally got around to mailing that box it cost a pretty penny <laughs> yeah yeah it was like 130 bucks to mail it back to it was crazy back to the u.s but it had a bunch of valuable stuff in it so yeah it oh it. my notes actually say it was 90 dollars so, oh, okay. Yeah, 90, 90 US dollars. Um because it was a little it was a little less pricey too cuz we were in Spain. Gotcha. So that's that was a good thing for us. <laughs> but oh my gosh, like it was but you know, I bought those Doc Martens. Yeah, yeah, I had to mail those back. Well, and we were able to mail back our coats and things like that too yeah. that are, were nice coats that we wanted to hang on to. Yeah, so. and you know, nice stuff that we we liked. We just it was no longer winter. And that was <laughs> yeah. worth it. I would totally do that again. I would pack for like the winter or you know, pack for like the cold weather and then as you move further south, ship some stuff home. Yeah. But I would leave a lot less like I would leave I would bring a lot less and leave more room for me to buy things along the way because the yeah. styles are so different and it's so interesting. And I love the opportunity to buy clothes from different places because you just can't get a lot of things in America. It's just, it's just different. Yeah. So yeah, I do that, that, uh, that was really good. And while you were on the beach, uh, reading the Da Vinci code, mm -hmm. I, uh, went and saw, uh, the Basilica there and walked through it. Um, it's just a, a beautiful building with really a cool museum that they kind of had in the back of it. And uh, so I got to do that while you got to read your book on the sand. Yeah. And at one point we finally did get to go see uh, Castilla de la Mota. Yeah. Because we'd been cut out, you know, we locked out on our run, but it was a right. big deal for us. 
Yeah, so we went ahead and made the walk up, hiked up, and it was really cool. Yeah. So it's a castle up on top of this high hill. You can see the entire city, both of the beaches, uh, just an amazing place. It has old cannons there, and the, really the castle grounds are kind of open. There's one part that's a museum that you have to pay to go into, but a lot of the rest of it is just open to the public. So you get to kind of walk all through it mm -hmm. and all around it. And it just winds its way up into the top of this hill. And then you can wind your way back down the other side. Amazing views everywhere throughout it. Yeah. Um, there's, if you go watch the YouTube video, there's a lot of those views captured on that that I think oh. if you go see it, you'll agree. It's just breathtaking. So beautiful. I just want to reiterate what you said about the views being awesome. You guys. If that's the only thing you get to do when you're in San Sebastian, do it. Yeah. Go there. Walk up that. Just enjoy your time walking up. See the views. You get to see the city. You get to see all the mountains in the distance. You get to see the ocean. You get to see both beaches. I mean, it's a crazy panoramic view of the city. Mm -hmm. um, it's just really cool. And it's got like that old... Um, it's got all the old vibes, you know, history, <laughs> which Damon knows so much better than I do. <laughs> when you were excited to go shopping. Oh my gosh, that's right. Oh, you guys, I went, so I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to the beach and then I'm going to go shopping. And, and I was like, Jamin, I will just meet you at home. Like I'll meet you back at the apartment, but I want to just wander the streets with no plans and no um, rush. Yeah. So I started and I'm in these tiny little sandals that are like flip flops that are just really thin. I love them because they were super easy to pack away, but they just, they weren't making it. They were done. I'd already had them for a little while. And so um, they just broke on me like one of the straps. And on a flip-flop, once a strap breaks, it can't stay on your foot, you know. <laughs> so here I was like walking around San Sebastian on these incredible, beautiful polished streets. On these like literally I'm walking on the tile sidewalk across this bridge and I'm just like filming my feet and one foot's barefoot and then you see the other foot in a flip-flop and another in a barefoot flip-flop barefoot flip-flop <laughs> and I was just like this is I almost was like should I just take off both my shoes <laughs> I was gonna say what was the what was the decision making process because I know you had to think like well I could buy some more sandals uh -huh. or I could wear one flip-flop uh -huh. and barefoot on one foot or I could just get rid of both flip-flops how did you how did you land on one foot on one foot off I was like I don't want to like step on something and cut my foot mm, because we have yeah. so much walking and running to do in Europe and I didn't want to mm -hmm. hold myself back so I was like the best thing I could do for myself is to protect my foot from you know broken glass or something like that so that's kind of how I landed on it. Um, <laughs> although I will say, like, the streets of San Sebastian are, like, pretty clean. <laughs> so it wasn't really that big of a deal. <laughs> but, yeah, gosh, that was, like, I just felt so silly. I was like, this is ridiculous. And in the video, you'll see me, like, talking to the camera, and there's a woman walking behind me, and she's looking at me, and she's looking at my feet, and you can tell she's, like, <laughs> just, you know, 
processing my my crazy your so. state yeah yeah that uh then we encounter the only thing bad about san sebastian hmm. we had to leave yeah we did not want to leave and we just came come from bordeaux yes where it was the same thing which was made san sebastian that much more impressive in my mind yeah is because we left bordeaux and we're like man we really wish that we had more time here i really wish that we would stay but we've got to go on to the next place we're gonna have to take this bus and so it was kind of like okay here we go Mm -hmm. and it was just so amazing that we were like how we can't go like we we need to stay yeah but it uh it was our time to yep. move on because we were headed to Valencia. Yeah. Which was amazing too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it didn't have the shock factor for me that San Sebastian did, but it's pretty incredible. And the beaches of Valencia are, oh, I mean, so cool. So alive. Yeah. Wow. And then the Airbnb we stayed in. Oh my gosh. I cannot wait to talk to you guys about this. <laughs> oh, it is so good. It is just it is so cool. So cool. Okay, so that's next time. Yeah. But for now, you guys can find us on social media. Where yeah. are we, Jamin? We are all the places. <laughs> so we only spin the platters that matter. So anywhere that makes a difference, we're there. Uh, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. Uh, of course, we have our YouTube channel where you can see the video that accompanies this where we walk you through San Sebastian. You're going to want to see that for sure. Yeah. Uh, but all of the regular social media stuff, we're there. We're pretty active. Um, it is a good way to connect with us and kind of keep up with us on more of a day-to-day. Yes. And we do have, dun-dun-dun, drumroll, we have a new way for you guys to reach out to us. We have, we think social media is awesome, but we want to give you a more direct way of communicating with us. Mm-hmm. And we want to engage you in the podcast a little bit more, kind of bring you guys into it and give you the opportunity to kind of, I mean, really tell your stories on the podcast. And so we have launched an email account, travelfilmpodcast at gmail.com. Um, we know that we're not the only travelers out there. You guys, y'all have been traveling the world too. We want to hear about it. Everyone has travel stories. We want to hear them. Um, so here is what we're going to ask right now. Get out your cell phone and open up that voice memo app that most cell phones have where you can record your voice and go ahead and record yourself saying hi to us, um, telling us one of your own travel stories, something, it doesn't have to be much. It doesn't have to be a whole journey. It could just be something funny that happened at the airport one time and attach that audio file to an email. And send that to us at travelfomopodcast at gmail.com. And I, we're going to take that as your permission to use that. And we would love to share your stories on the podcast so that our listeners can learn from your experiences, get a kick out of the things that have happened, and, you know, just kind of like laugh with you. Um, it kind of lightens our moods too whenever we're traveling to know that other people have good, bad hilarious experiences we know that it's all out there it's all happening to other people too and we just want to hear it and we want to 
engage with you guys and connect with you on that level. We're always really eager for your feedback too, so do not hesitate to share your thoughts with us. Um, you can do that just by typing an email. You can put it in a voice memo, whatever you want, but we want to keep fine-tuning things and we would love your help to do that and hearing from you really helps make that possible. So, Absolutely. We're really excited about this new kind of addition and uh, being able to in a more direct way here from you guys that are listening. So yes. please, please, please uh, send us an email. The voice memo is a great thing so that we can share it. Or if you just want to type us a message, uh, we'll be happy to get that too. Okay, so we are going to let you guys go so you can go plan your next adventure because we know that life is so short. Wander well. 